the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey now, congratulations. Made it to Thursday. I mean, I'll take a Thursday over a Tuesday or Wednesday. Good to be along here for this uh, Thursday edition. Super cold out there in western Pennsylvania. Kath and I are still uh, broadcasting from our spare rooms under the COVID protocol rules, whatever that might be. But uh, we're going to escape. Think- the, we've been taken into the blue tent. Right. Tomorrow we're going to escape, though, right? We are free to wander. I mean, once all the uh, medical authorities in the blue tent decide I can, we can go back to the playing field. Right. I we'll, started uh, limping around there you know, right. in the backyard. Yeah, bad for you. So, don't you love the blue tent when you're watching a football game? Listen, I was surprised by this. I thought the blue tent was like static. The blue tent comes and goes. It pops up. It's a pop up tent. It's a pop up blue tent. I saw someone walking in the blue tent. They essentially built the blue tent around the person no as they way. walked into. Yeah, around the injured soul. Yeah. So you know, a good game would be no blue tent. Right. So we could pop up our own blue tent if it's needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christy, could you look into that, please? I got it. Yeah. Excellent. Just get like an old pool cover and, you know, <laughs> use some, use some sticks, you know, like your mom would hang laundry on. That's a low a rent. Cover. It's a low rent blue tent. So That's that... okay. You might be able to get one in the off season, you know, for not a whole lot of cash or just a, like a regular tent that's painted blue. You have to crawl down and roll into it. Right. John's like the worst kind of supervisor, Christy, because he tells you to do something and then tells you all the things that you should do when you're supposed to be doing it. All of a sudden, this just turns into a critique of my father's skills. Listen, guys, here's how this works. And then they give me a little sideway glance. (laughs) Anyway, we do digress, as we are wont to do here on the ride home. But uh, let's get back on track with the news stories of the day. Kath, it is a busy one indeed. Please, Mm. without further ado, give us the top four at four. All right, for Thursday. Mm -hmm. January 27th, 2022. And Christy, get that audio out for us. I'll let you know when we want to fire that. Number one, Poland has started to build a $394 million wall on its eastern border intended to block migrants pushed by Belarus from crossing illegally into EU territory. ABC News reports, John, that pressure from thousands of Middle Eastern and African migrants on Poland's and Lithuania's wooded border with Belarus began in the summer, leading to clashes with Poland's border guards. Poland Poland has sealed its border with Belarus using razor wire and increased the number of guards. International efforts have been taken to warn off migrants seeking to enter the EU from Belarus, the migrants mostly apparently headed for Germany. Now, if you remember the story as it unfolded over the summer, the EU says that the migrants are being used. They're like puppets of the Belarus uh, leader to destabilize the whole EU bloc, right? So this is how they're seeing it. 
Critics and environmentalists, though, say the wall will fail to stop migrants, but will do harm to one of Europe's last pristine woodlands, the forest that I can't pronounce. Do you like that? I just skipped it because don't ask me to pronounce it either. Got it. Number two. You love a space story, John, right? Oh, thank you. Well, how does a crash into the moon sound to you? I don't like it. You don't like it? It breaks my heart. What, you're worried about the moon? Well, I'm just worried about, you know, more space junk. That's all. Just, just I'm going to blow it into, it's going to crash into the earth at about, the moon at about 6,000 miles an hour. Right. There's going to be just junk everywhere. What, and it's going to be like the top of Mount Everest in a couple of years where there's exactly. just like junk all over. Okay, let's get to the story. Sullying the moon. What we're talking about is that astronomers are saying that a piece of a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket that was launched in February of 2015 is currently on a trajectory to collide with the moon in just a few weeks. I'm reading here from CBS News. They say the rocket left from Florida's Cape Canaveral and launched NOAA's Deep Space Climate Observatory, a project that allows researchers to maintain real-time data for more accurate space weather alerts and forecasts. During that deployment, Falcon 9's second stage ran out of fuel to return to Earth and has been orbiting Earth ever since. Now it is on track to hit the moon, but apparently experts say, John, it's not a big deal. Mm. Number three. Most of America saw the outrageously great playoff game Sunday night between the Chiefs and the Bills that ended swiftly in overtime without the poor Bills even touching the ball. Mm. Now the NFL and its rulemaking competition committee expect to consider changes to the overtime format this offseason, particularly as it relates to postseason play. But it is far from certain that any modification will be enacted, according to today's Washington Post. Any rule change apparently would have to be approved by at least 24 of the 32 teams. A proposal to tweak even the postseason overtime format could still face an uphill climb toward ratification. The current NFL overtime format applies to regular season and postseason games both. And number four, speaking of football... He has made it official. Ben Roethlisberger is retiring from the NFL after 18 seasons with the Steelers. Roethlisberger made the announcement by releasing a two-minute video on his website, BigBen7.com. Christy has put together just a bit of it. Here it is. With the 11th pick in the 2004 NFL draft, Pittsburgh Steelers select Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback, University of Miami. I don't know how to put into words what the game of football has meant to me and what a blessing it has been. While I know with confidence I have given my all to the game, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for all it has given me. The time has come to clean up my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can be to my wife and children. I retire from football a truly grateful man. First and foremost, I need to thank the Lord for all the many blessings he has bestowed on me. To my wife, Ashley, our children, Benjamin, Bailey, and Bodie, to my parents and sister, to the Rooney family, the Tall family, Coach Tomlin, Coach Cower, and all of the coaches who have poured into me, the incredible people on every level that make the Pittsburgh Steelers a special organization. To all of my teammates and the endless friendships that I have gained, I appreciate you and our shared commitment to wearing the black and gold with pride and dignity. Putting that jersey on every Sunday with my brothers will always be one of the greatest joys of my life. To Steeler Nation, the best fans in all of sport, thank you for accepting and supporting me as your quarterback over the years. Football has been a gift, and I thank God for allowing me to play it, surrounding me with great people and protecting me through to the end. With love. 
A six-time Pro Bowl selection, Ben finishes his career fifth on the all-time passing yardage list, fifth in completions, and eighth in passing touchdowns. And that is your top four at four. Very well done, Ben. I, I, I love the uh, video. I did too. I sad to see him in his locker, emptying things out and taking his name plaque down and walking away. I'm sure it was very emotional to be able to do that. Yeah. So, anyway, it is official. Like, you know, no surprise. We all knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time. I'm, I'm glad he did it early on as well, right? I mean, yep. he could have hung on for a couple more weeks and held things in suspense, but um, there it is. Uh, my, the hope is this, that as Ben exits, uh, as he has today, that there is not this long gulf between, you know, Bradshaw to Ben, Ben to... Who are next uh, franchise quarterback? Well, you better get ready for it because it's very, very, it is rarefied air that you can find a franchise that can do back-to-back Super Bowl greats. Yeah, got that right. Maybe it'll be Kenny Pickett. Maybe we'll grab him. What do you think? I don't think we're going to be able to get him. Yeah, I don't either. No. And he may not be the franchise quarterback anyway. Hey, one of the best, one of the best stats from Ben, though, that I saw today, this is really the one that everyone's going to remember. 53 game-winning drives. Tied for second on the all-time list. Because didn't you feel good? End of the game. Who's got the ball? Are you kidding me? Right. How, How about in the Super Bowl versus the Cards? One of the oh. one of the greatest and worst five oh. minutes of my life. Oh boy! I mean, you remember it like trauma, right? Yep. I mean, yeah. We look at the spot in the living room floor and go, "That's where we all ended yep. up. We, we collapsed." Exactly. Well, thank you, Ben. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to be at the. Um, Pittsburgh uh, prayer breakfast coming yeah, up. Yeah, Greater here, Pittsburgh uh, Community Leaders prayer breakfast to get the title all in. Mm-hmm. Coming and up uh, Friday, April. I don't have the date with me, John. Is it the 29th? Um, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know either. Anyway, we're going to be there. And Ben's going to be there as well, along with his wife. They'll be the keynote, uh, keynote speakers and uh, Pittsburgh leadership. Uh, I believe it's the uh, 25th, maybe. I don't know when it is, Kathy. Then, in, uh, let's see, Friday, April 29th, 2022, All right. to be held at Heinz Field. Cannot wait. Happy to host that event, John. Um, we always have such a good time there, and it'll be great to be there with uh, the Roethlisberger's. Very good. Take a quick break. When we do come back, one of our favorite regular guests, Jerry Boyer, is with us. He's got a lot to talk to us about, about the economy, inflation, Russia, you name it. Dollars and cents next with Jerry Boyer here. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, the ride home on 101.5 Word FM. That's W-O-R-D. 101.5 W-O-R-D. How wide is God's mercy? How many people will make it to heaven? What about those who may die without hearing the gospel? Does God make exceptions for good people who never completely understand what Jesus did on the cross? Find out just how great the saving grace of God is in John MacArthur's study, Delivered by God, on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Do your pets have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. 
Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Pit Cycles is proud to be the new home of Pittsburgh Triumph. This is John Stoggerwald, and to celebrate, I'll be live on location February 3rd for the grand opening of the newly redesigned Pittsburgh Triumph showroom. Join me from 3 to 6 p.m. and check out the entire Triumph line, featuring over 30 bikes on the floor, including three models never before seen in this country. It's all happening February 3rd. I have a feeling it's going to be a Triumph. Pittsburgh Triumph in Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Details at pitcycles.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. All right, you go to the grocery store and you think, holy smokes, things are so expensive, right? Houses are run away here in western Pennsylvania. Cars, if you can get one, uh, everything is just super, super expensive. So Jerry Boyer's back with this. Jerry's an economist. He's also the host of a podcast called Meeting of Minds and author of a new book, The Maker versus the Takers. Jerry's with us to talk about the money world that we all live in. Hey, Jerry, welcome back. Hey, hey, John. Hey, Kathy. How are you? Good. Real good. We're good, Jerry. Let's start off like in a look at take the meta view. Um, where are we at the beginning of 2022? And then take us back to 2021. What have we seen? And can you do like a little compare contrast or maybe like an evolutionary cycle might be better? 2021 was definitely the year of inflation. That was the big thing in 2021. It was a year of recovery as well. We just got the new GDP numbers out. And it was the fastest growing year in something like 40 years. It was also, of course, one, one has to keep in mind that we were coming out of a crater. So to remember when we were talking during COVID and I said, it's like this flaming crater of death, right. but we, we come out of it really fast because when you have that low a baseline, it's kind of easy to grow from there, right? Yeah. Um, so 2021 was great growth. But that's because we were coming off of such a low baseline. So essentially, you know, 2020 was this huge contraction. 2021 was the was the bounce back, and they basically kind of canceled one another out. You know, we we ended last year kind of where we were before COVID struck. So it was there and back again. Uh, you know, a hobbit's tale. We we went down and we came back up, and essentially have retraced that. Descended out in Pharos, right? <laughs> Just, right? You know, the descent into, into the ground and then come back up. I guess I'm getting too literary here for an economist. <laughs> um, so that's where we are now. At this point, we did it 
at the expense of so much stimulus, stimulus spending mm. and stimulus printing right. that it was a highly inflationary year. And we had the highest inflation in 40 years um, last year, year over year. And that's what you're talking, you're seeing it at the grocery store. Um, by the way, I think there should be requirement that if you're going to be a member of the Federal Reserve Board, you have to be someone who goes shopping. There has oh. to be a rule. Only shoppers can serve on the Fed board because they're, I mean, they're staring at mathematical models all the time um, when all they have to do is go down to the local Giant Eagle or Kroger's or fill in the blank and they can see what's going on with prices. Um, anybody who's shopping, and my wife and I tend to shop together, has been, see- has been seeing this going on for an entire year. Beef prices have been going up. Chicken prices have been going up. Produce prices have been going up. And of course, anyone who pumps their own gas also knows what's been going on with prices. I think you bring up a good point, Chair. Uh, those who at least are looking at trends and perhaps establishing uh, future roads, they're not necessarily the, the people that are in the uh, grocery stores or the, you know, the Joe uh, six-pack who's out there trying to make a living. These are people in some ways who are in ivory towers. The way that they look at money is different than you and I. It is. And I think, you know, we, we need to look at an idea that's found in the Gospels that I think is important. And uh, like anything in the Gospels, we say it so many times that we kind of lose you know, the kind of the context and what it might mean. And Jesus talks about shepherds versus hirelings. So what's a hireling? A shepherd owns the sheep. That's the flock. If sheep are lost, that shepherd has lost sheep. A hireling doesn't own the sheep. The hireling does not suffer loss, except maybe an angry, you know, employer, but doesn't actually suffer the losses of bad decisions. And one of the problems of the modern world with centralization of power is that we have a class of people who make decisions about the direction of the nation, but they are not directly affected when their decisions are wrong. Mm. So if, if I'm making a decision for you, but the negative cost falls on you, not on me, my ability to make decisions, my willingness to make tough decisions, the diligence with which I study the options is going to be impaired. I'm a hireling. You feel the pain. I make the decision. You feel the pain. And I would say with almost every institution, so we could, we're talking about the Fed because I'm an economist and we're, I just did an annual review, but really we could be talking about politics. We could be talking about military planning. We can be talking about the ruling elites of every institution, including large churches and denominations. Anytime that you have a group of people who have power, but not consequences, somebody else has consequences, that's a hireling situation. That's a misalignment. So in this case, the people who decide how much prices are going to be are not doing the shopping. They're invested in financial markets that tend to go up when there's inflation. In other words, they're invested in a system where actually if they make the wrong decision and there's inflation, their life gets better right? No one's mad because they're not taking away the punch bowl. Mm. You know, after they leave the Fed, they're going to work for Wall Street. And this is good for Wall Street. Um, they have such wealth that they're really insulated. They're not worried about the price of beef, you know, because they're not spending most of their income on the necessities of life. There's, you know, they're, they're rich enough that the necessities are like a tiny part of their budget. So they're insulated or even advantaged by bad decisions. And I think that's, the, that's what we have now. Mm. Jerry, talk to us about um, markets. 
Uh, when we think about uh, being in the stock market, I'm always uh, amused when I listen to talk radio, and I don't mean our station in particular. I mean really all across um, all of talk radio, all of the the market advertisements there are. Where if you you know sign in with our firm, then we're going to be able to make sure that you consistently earn money in the stock market and never lose anything. I think, well, that's miraculous. That's amazing. Um, so I, I think the average person probably doesn't understand how the market works. Um, and so what would what would a person need to know about the market, especially in a time of high inflation? Well, if you have a situation where you're setting up, it could be an annuity or something like that, that guarantees the income and you never lose money. Just understand there's no perpetual motion machine. There's no free lunch. Mm-hmm. So you are giving something up. What you're giving up is higher return. In other words, if they've arranged it through an annuity or some kind of other mechanism, so they've taken out, there's no possibility you're going to go below zero, then they have to take off the top on that too, which is that there's a limit on how much return you can get. Um, I would, when I hear that, frankly, that concerns me because that seems to be more a fear dominated approach. If somebody can't stand to lose money ever, then I would say, why are you investing at all? Um, Because in the real world, sometimes you can take losses. And so what if you take losses? I mean, if you take, uh, if you have a loss in one particular quarter, so what? I mean, you you shouldn't have your next month's um, grocery bill shouldn't be in the stock market. Stock market's for the long run. That's for your retirement. So you have your money set aside for the things you need now. And then for your long-term investments, you invest in the stock market. And sometimes it goes up and sometimes it goes down. There's, there's, you know, that, that's fine. I mean, that's the nature of money. If you're kind of well-grounded emotionally and spiritually, you're not going to freak out if the stock market goes down for a little while, if you've got a long-term perspective. Uh, if it goes down and you didn't sell it, you didn't lose money. Right. So if the question is for your time horizon, what's most likely to get you to your financial goals? And if you have a long time horizon, and that's what you should have for stock market investing, then you do have to take some risk. Risk is unavoidable. So somebody who just can't stand to see a negative sign ever in their quarterly report, I'd say that's emotional decision-making mm. rather than rational. You, you can't take the risk out of life. All that's doing is hiding the risk. It's making the risk invisible to you. I, I just, so if, if that's what someone needs here, I mean, I talk to a lot of financial advisors. If somebody needs that, then you give them that. Financial advisors have to give clients what they need. And if they just can't stand any loss whatsoever, um, and they're willing to give up the possibility of more gain later, then of course, you know, you give them that. But I would urge investors to say, why is it that you couldn't stand to see a negative sign ever um, if you're a long-term investor? You think about that. Right. So, Jared, you know, as I'm listening to you speak, I would imagine there are many of our listeners who probably are just, you know, as blue-collar as can be. I mean, you know, here we are in the city of Pittsburgh. And so I, I wonder, why is it that financial literacy and mm-hmm. or the stock market is a class thing? Right. It Good question. Though people from an upper levels, they grew. You know, they had a rich. You know, the, it's like the rich dad, poor dad thing. Right. If your family talked about money around the dinner table, then you were more likely to follow along as well. But for a lot of people, money, the market, uh, trends, all those things—that's a scary thing. So I'll just put myself in the sand and bury my head and not be. You know, just let it go. 
Well, I think it is a class thing in the sense that people who are trained with financial literacy and defer their gratification and save and invest and are willing to take reasonable risks um, and are not fear dominated, but also don't chase crazy trends so aren't greed dominated, will tend to accumulate assets over time. So it's not so, uh, it's, you can think of it as, you know, you know, middle-class or lower middle-class people don't like markets because they're lower middle-class, or you could put it the other way, which is they're still lower middle-class because nobody in their life said, listen, over time, mm-hmm. it's important to accumulate assets. Um, I didn't grow up in a house that talked about markets. That's something that came later. Um, so, you know, that's something you have to learn. So, and I also understand why like people, like people here who live here in Western Pennsylvania, like we do, we're kind of given the short end of the stick by some major corporations. So yeah, I think no there's kidding. a certain sense of you don't trust the suits. Sure. Right. And I agree. I don't trust the suits. So as an investor, I take a real close look at what the suits, uh, by the way, if I'm the investor, they work for me now. As an employer, you, if, you're a, if you're an employee, you work for the suit. When you're an investor, the suit works for you. Um, so that's why I do a lot of engaging with these corporations saying, look, you work for me. Why are you canceling books? Why are you um, fighting religious liberty? Why are you getting involved in all this other political stuff? But I think the other thing is you take that skepticism and you use it for your advantage, which is, first of all, remember we talked about hirelings? These people can be hirelings. So I have a strong bias to invest in companies where the CEO has skin in the game, just like me. Mm-hmm. So if the CEO is guaranteed no zeros, he'll never lose money. If he's guaranteed to be paid, no matter how well the stock does for the investors, I sorry, I don't like that. But if the CEO only makes money when I make money as an investor, I like that. So I'm looking for non-hireling situations. I'm also looking for situations. Sometimes CEOs and boards of directors can make it like hard to vote, hard for hard for you to attend shareholder meetings, hard to speak. Hirelings, right? So a situation where the management respects the owner and not just respects like they talk respectfully, but they've set up the power arrangement so that they have to respect our will, gravitate towards those situations. And over time, that tends to outperform just investing in the market in general. So I say the skepticism is justified. But it's not justified if it simply means you don't become an investor and can't build up assets. I think the skepticism should be harnessed so that you're looking for situations where the suits really are lying to you. But that also means moving towards the situation where the managers really do get they work for you. That's good. You want to step away for a second? Sounds good. Very good. We're talking with Jerry Boyer about finance, investing, the market, all that. We'll stay with us for the next segment as well. We hope that you do. This is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk for Word FM on your dial at 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D, or on the web at wordfm.com. Be back in a minute. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. If you're in the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. 
Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages, included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffitt forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at Unbound.org. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's matchingdonors.com. Matchingdonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you are someone in in need of an organ transplant, visit matchingdonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. Visit matchingdonors.com or call 601-402-9138. Tonight we'll see a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for icy spots. We'll reach a low of 23. Tomorrow, a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snowfall an inch or two. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 25. Bitterly cold Saturday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a high Saturday of 16. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Economist Jerry Boyer is back with us in a regular monthly slot. Jerry has a podcast called Meeting of Minds. Also a new book, The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said about social justice and economics. Jerry's been talking to us uh, in the past segment about uh, inflation and where we are here. But, Jerry, um, let's widen uh, the lens a little bit uh, from Western Pennsylvania to uh, international uh, look. Uh, Kathy, you want to talk about this? Sure. Well, I'm just thinking, Jerry, about just the, the scary times that there are in Ukraine right now with, you know, uh, 900,000 Russian troops on the border and, uh, you know, Putin says, oh, it's no big deal. Of course, we all know it is a big deal. So there's so much uncertainty there. And then I'm also thinking about um, what's going on between the border of uh, on the border between Poland and Belarus and Lithuania and how, you know, they've got migrants that are coming across Poland and Lithuania convinced that it's a, a plot 
by Belarus leaders uh, to destabilize the EU. It just seems like a lot of things that would cause people to be nervous on a daily basis. And I can just imagine that that plays out in economics as well. It's a good thing that we were kind of in a low excitement state to begin with, right? (laughs) It's not much else going on. Grounded and, you know, calm and serene (laughs) in outlook. You know, we can kind of deal with these once in a while crises that that come up. Um, Well, I mean, this is very economics driven. And when we started talking about inflation, really a couple of years ago, um, you know, during the COVID period, I argued here that the thing that we're doing to get through that, all that stimulus, the thing we're doing to get through that crisis is going to create the next crisis. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that next crisis is inflation. And that's here now. We're in the next crisis right now. And I suggested that at the time, the last time we had high inflation like that, um, it triggered the Arab Spring. That global inflation mm. is a um, it's a destabilizing force. Why? Lots of reasons. Basically, nations are tend to be stable, except when the middle class is wiped out. The middle class is the stabilizing institution in a nation, right? The rich can run away from revolutions, right? And the poor I- often you know, they're told they have nothing to lose. Of course, they find out when there's a revolution, they still had something to lose. Maybe they didn't have property, they had lives to lose. Uh, So the middle class tends to be the stabilizing influence. If you destroy the middle class, which inflation does, then they come out of the shops, they come out of their homes and they take to the streets. And that's what the Arab Spring was. When you, when bread becomes too expensive or this, this time it's energy becomes too expensive, then you have this destabilization. Energy prices, I think, are the big driver here. So a couple of things are going on. When oil prices are high, Putin is arrogant. Mm-hmm. When oil prices are low, Putin is scared. Why? Because Russia, it's kind of a nation, but it's really more like an army on top of oil fields. Uh, the economy is, they don't have much going on besides oil and gas. I mean, there's some uranium, gold, et cetera, but it's essentially, it's a petrocarbon state. So when, you remember the last crisis we had? Crimea. Oil was $100 a barrel when that happened. So you know, when, when, when we have global inflation driving up energy prices, we embolden the Putin regime. When we have stable prices, mild deflation, stable dollar, and we pump a lot of oil out of the ground, driving down the global price, Putin, you know, he has to like give judo lessons in order to make ends meet. He can't go out there, you know, with his foreign adventures. So this destabilization thing is part of what happens. What's in the economy doesn't stay in the economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Economics is really one of the factors that drives the rise and fall of nations. Then on top of that, Europe, natural gas prices have gone up almost 300% last year. Now, there's a couple things going on there. One is right now, natural gas is bad, right? Because fracking is bad and because of greenhouse gases. Well, 25, 30 years ago, it was clean burning natural gas. The greens were kind of lobbying for natural gas. You even see buses still driving around saying clean burning natural gas. It's like, all right, catch up. You know, that's fracking. That's the bad thing now. So Europe kind of transitioned over to natural gas because that was the hip green thing to do then. Uh, So they're highly dependent on natural gas and they can get cheap natural gas from Russia or Russia can Mm -hmm. turn off the gas and Europeans can freeze, which means high oil prices make Putin bold 
high natural gas prices make Europeans the opposite of goal, of bold. And so that makes it more likely that they'll acquiesce to whatever Putin wants to do in that region. I see. But you know, I don't understand. I mean, uh, 10 years or so ago, I mean, the, the people were going door to door in rural Western Pennsylvania saying, let us buy the mineral rights to, to your land. We're going to have fracking and ener- energy mm-hmm. independence that was sold to us. What happened? Well, we probably still are kind of energy independent, but we have, well, we have a different governor. Uh, we have a governor who's very hostile uh, to natural gas. And now we have a different administration in Washington. So there is a hostility to natural gas and oil. Um, so that's kind of problematic. I, th- I think it's a blessing of God. <laughs> you know, I think I'm thankful for it. Um, and um, I mean, we can kind of go back into the history of why it is that America became the leader in natural gas and oil. The reason is because in Europe, if they discovered minerals under your property, the king came along and said, that's mine. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he might pay you royalties for it, or he might, that's why it's called royalties. So farmers would dig and they'd say, copper, shh, don't tell anybody, right? But in America, uh, under the influence, really, it's a biblical worldview. In America, what's under your property is still your property. So they're buying your mineral rights. But in old Europe, they didn't buy your mineral rights. They simply took it. They dug up your property and took it. And that's why America became kind of launched the global energy revolution. By the way, that comes from the idea. Theologians in the late Middle Ages read the parable of the of the um, treasure in the field. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, Jesus says, if you, there's the kingdom of God's like a treasure, you buy the field and, you know, you get the treasure. <laughs> and they said, well, wait a minute then you don't just own the field, you own the treasure underneath. And that led to the idea that property Is that rights, right? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Really? Pro- property rights aren't just on the surface. Property rights go down in. The idea didn't take off in Europe, but it took off here in America, championed by Thomas Jefferson. And that's why in America, somebody's like, looking for oil. The Clampets are, hey, my oil, I found oil, right? Titusville near here. Wow, I struck oil. Whereas, you know, because of that interpretation of the parable of the talents, whereas in old Europe, it's like oil, shh, the king's going to come take it or copper or iron. So I think that if we went back to the biblical, which I think the biblical view, which is property rights, the state doesn't own what's under your dirt, right? Um, The private property goes beneath the surface, um, then fracking should be something is permitted. Of course, you're not allowed to pollute, but it, you know, the, the idea, it doesn't pollute very much, right? It's, it's, it's safe. Um, and natural gas is, is cleaner burning yeah. than a lot of other fuels. And so instead we push towards things like electric cars, but electric cars run on electricity and electricity runs on coal. Right. Coal is much dirtier burning than natural gas. So we might be getting far afield here. So bottom line, if we had stable currency, just weights and measures, and we had pro-growth energy policy reflecting property rights, then the world would be a more stable place mm-hmm. because we wouldn't every, every time we cut back hydrocarbon production, we're subsidizing the Saudis and the Russians. Um, and the Saudis will keep to themselves. They're not expansionary. But the Russians, they have a history of not necessarily respecting borders. Mm-hmm. That's Jerry Boyer with us. Jerry is the, uh, I was going to say the author of the new podcast, but you're not an author. You're the host of the new podcast, Meeting of the Minds. Also author of the book, The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, um, Jerry, let's switch gears. I want to talk um, to you about banning books. 
Happy to. Why do it? Why are people talking about it? That's next. Right home. W-O-R-D. Ever had one of those fleeting moments of doubt where you wonder, is Christianity really true? How can I be sure Jesus really is who he claimed to be? Where do those doubts come from and how do you overcome them? Consider that in John MacArthur's series, When Believers Doubt, this week here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 W-O-R-D. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s and I'd sold her timeshare. And that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. Called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. 800-786-9300. If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel Tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. Journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519 to book today. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1930. Economist Jerry Boyer is with us this hour. We've been talking about inflation. We've been talking politics. Now let's turn to the banning of books. Before we go into that, though, I should let you know that Jerry is the host of a podcast called Meeting of Minds, wherever your favorite podcasts are. His brand new book is called The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. Jerry, yeah, a lot of conversation today about the banning of books as um, a Texas uh, school board decided to ban a book on the Holocaust for an eighth grade classroom. And, um, 
even though I don't agree with how that story has been reported, I think they left a lot out. It did make me think today, Jerry, about just the propensity of different uh, either political groups or social clubs or whatever it is. We just don't like books that don't endorse our own worldview. Yes, I think um, that there is definitely an authoritarian turn in our politics and in our culture. Both sides. Uh, both sides. Yes, yeah, the left and the right, probably more on the left because the left has more power. Um, but, you know, we imitate our enemies. I mean, this is something that Christian anthropologist Rene Girard said, you know, if you're if you hate your enemy, you're going to imitate him. You're going to become like him. Mm. Um, so what you ought to do is you imitate Jesus. And if you got an opponent, then you deal with the opponent the way you see Jesus dealing with his opponents. Um, but if you're obsessed with your opponent, then you will basically become the same thing. And I think that's happened uh, mm. because I'm in markets. This, to, this is something I focus on a lot more when it comes to corporations. Um, I'm working on a piece now about the Target Company, which sells books on its website, which has a history of banning books that do not completely toe the line on LGBTQ TBA to be announced, you know, whatever's coming next, um, ideology. And the most recent one was Matt Walsh's book, uh, Johnny the Walrus, about a little boy who likes to pretend he's a walrus and he puts spoons in his mouth. But the book reminds John and then he, the people on the Internet tell him he really is a walrus. And the book reminds Johnny that it's perfectly OK to pretend you're a walrus. But in reality, you're a boy, you know, not exactly, you know, um, hate speech, but gone. Um, and I've talked with this company many times from the shareholder point of view. And I've asked them over and over again, do you ever ban any books that are from the left? Or do you only ban conservative books um, that are that, that tick off this particular interest group? And never any examples. Um, and so I think, but the now, the debate is on and the conversation is going on. And I would really urge Christians to get out of gripe mode when it comes to what corporations are doing. And instead, look at your 401k or your IRA, say, is the company in there? And then talk to the company. And if you don't know how to do that, just message me on social media and I'll tell you how to do it. Or talk to you. If you have a financial advisor, talk to the financial advisor and say, I'm really concerned about Coca. I noticed that we own Coca-Cola. I really don't like what they did. Or I noticed that BlackRock wanted to boycott Texas because of a heartbeat bill. And I don't like that. I'm, I'm invested in BlackRock. What are we going to do about it? The advisor might say, I don't know. And they can say, call Jerry Boyer. I, I'd be happy to give them some pointers on how to deal with this. What I've seen is in the past year, it's gone from our side almost completely not there to just a few of us showing up. And even that is shifting the debate. Mm. But let's, I mean, maybe two or three people attending an annual meeting for a Fortune 500 or a Fortune 100 company has shifted the debate. Imagine a few thousand. It would, make a, it would be a groundswell. So then you're saying, Jerry, if you have a 401k or you've got a stake, you know, some stocks in any corporation, your voice must be heard? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You, they ha you get to vote on these proposals. They, they can't stop that. If you have a certain amount, you can actually put your own proposal on the ballot. And um, the nature of things is such that if you're an, you're an owner and you write to them, you can write to them as an owner 
which is a lot more powerful than just throw it in the complaint box. You know, I shop at Target. I don't want to hear it. There's like, there's like a, it, more of an inside track when it comes to talking to these companies because they know in the end, owners can vote out board members. Mm-hmm. Owners can vote in new board members. Board Boards can fire CEOs. So it counts more. Jerry, before you leave us, tell us about the Meeting of the Minds. Uh, meeting of Minds is... Um, uh, a podcast where I try to do the same thing you guys are trying to do. Um, it's just, I don't do it as often. <laughs> uh, so just try to talk to people about the things that I'm interested in and try to learn and invite people along for the uh, conversation. It's not all economics, although there's a fair amount of that, but it might be, you know, uh, here's a resource on how to read the New Testament in Greek, or it might be something about biblical history, or it might be philosophy or theology or literature. Uh, just trying to create that little zone, one, one, another little pocket of sanity in a world run mad. We'll take that. Uh, we are pro pockets of sanity wherever we can find them, Jerry. Thank you for yours. <laughs> you're, you've, you're building one. Jerry Boyer, host of the podcast, Meeting of the Minds, Meeting of Minds, author of The Maker versus The Takers, information about Jerry. He's all over the web. And, you know, that invitation, Jerry, very kind. You're most active on Facebook, are you not? Yeah, I'd say Facebook, oh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of, no, no TikTok. I'm well. See, that's it. disappointing because I'm I was hoping 30. I'd see, I see you and Susan doing some kind of, you know, viral dance. Don't go there. I'm not even Instagram. I mean, I mean, it's it's enough for me to be on Twitter. I think that's mm-hmm. all that can reasonably expect of a 59 year old. Very good. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We uh, got our five o'clock hour ahead of us. Information you heard about Jerry, of course, can be found on our podcast as well. You can find us where. Uh, everybody else is. We'll be right back. <laughs> Good to see you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. WORD. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Ann Wilson, Sunday Sermon. Say goodbye from the after. Say goodbye. No stress, Brett Walker. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by United Faith Mortgage. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know that a middleman adds little actual value. Unfortunately, most mainstream mattress brands sell their products through a retailer. This only adds more cost that gets passed along to the customer. At OMF, we choose to eliminate the middleman and sell directly to you. This factory direct approach allows you to buy a great product at the lowest price possible. No middleman markups here. Visit an OMF location today to see the original mattress factory difference for yourself. This is Greg Trzynski from the original mattress factory. Does it seem like your dollar doesn't go as far as it used to? Instead of raising prices, some companies will cut on quality and quantity to save on costs. Mainstream mattress brands opt for cheaper, lower-quality materials in their mattresses. At OMF, we believe you deserve the best. So we hand-build our mattresses and box springs, always using only the highest-quality materials. Visit one of our stores today to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. 
But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. There is hope, but how will they know unless we tell them? Every day, Cornerstone TV bridges that gap, connecting viewers with Jesus and answers for life. Join us for an important moment to launch, build, and fund our 2022 outreach with Jerry Grillo, Keenan Bridges, Bill Themilaris, Mike Smalley, Jay Gilbert, and more. Watch Bridge of Hope January 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. Today is Holocaust Remembrance Day. And uh, just last week, I saw an article that impacted me a lot in the New York Times um, about the Nazis planning the final solution, as they called it. So it was actually the um, the meeting when they got together to talk about how they were going to carry out the Holocaust. They, they were like brainstorming about how to do it. It was January 20th, John, 1942. And I'm reading here from the New York Times. 15 high-ranking officials of the Nazi bureaucracy met in a villa on Lake Wansi on the western edge of Berlin. They had snacks. They washed it down with some cognac. And there was only one point to discuss on the agenda, the organizational, logistical, and material steps for a final solution of the Jewish question in Europe. Planning the Holocaust, John, took 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Really? 80 years after the infamous Wansi conference that meticulously mapped it out, the bureaucratic efficiency of it remains as unnerving as ever, says Katrin Benhold in The Times. The minutes taken that day and typed up on 15 pages do not explicitly refer to murder. They use phrases like evacuation and reduction and treatment and divide up the task among different government departments and their pertinent specialists. You read that protocol and it's chilling, said Deborah Lipstadt, who's a Holocaust scholar. Quote, it's all very camouflage language, but then you look at the list of countries and the number of Jews they plan to kill. 11 million people that day they decided to eliminate. So essentially, they set the groundwork, the blueprint for an industrial murder factory. That, of course, uh, did its job most efficiently because over the course of World War II, millions and millions of Jews, Poles, Eastern Europeans, you name it. uh, If you were in opposition to the Nazi regime, sooner or later, you found yourself behind barbed wire. Today's also, we should say, as it is Holocaust Remembrance Day, the 77th anniversary of the liberation of the Auschwitz concentration camp in Poland, which is reason to celebrate. Is it not? It is. I think John about how important it is for us to keep talking about this as you know, it seems like each week we have another uh, story of a world war II vet who has passed away or another Holocaust survivor who's passed away. And you think pretty soon there aren't going to be people that remember exactly what happened. And so all the Holocaust deniers are going to gain extra steam because you know how Twitter works, you know how social media, you know, as a whole works. And you can start the craziest stories with very little effort. 
Well, in our lifetime, to me, it's shocking the surprising rise of anti-Semitism. I mean, look, we were just witness to this here locally in the city of Pittsburgh, yeah. which we're still talking about. The trial is yet to get underway for that mass murderer who walked in the tree of life. And it's repeated itself in synagogues across this country. It just happened a few days ago here. So this has to be talked about uh, to uh, combat the rise of anti-Semitism in this world. It is not going to go away clearly in our lifetimes or many multiple lifetimes. It's been around for an awful long time. It's up to each one of us, John, right? To say it, to, to call it out when we see it, um, and to continue to remember what happened and say, look, this is not some kind of weird, you know, fable that you read about online. This is actual history. Yep. It's not a flat earth conspiracy. It is the actual murder of millions and millions of people, Jews, in this world. So we should stay necessarily vigilant, vigilant. so it will never happen again. to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Kremlin has said that the U.S. stance on Russia's demands has left little ground for optimism. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov has said the lack of hope does not, however, mean there is no room for dialogue. Tensions have soared in recent weeks as Russia built up about 100,000 troops at the Ukraine border. In recent talks, the US refused to meet Russian demands, such as to permanently ban Ukraine from joining NATO. The U.S. have warned that any incursion into Ukraine will be met with severe consequences and economic costs. All eyes are now on President Vladimir Putin, who will decide how Russia will respond amid fears that Europe could again be plunged into war. I'm Karen Chamas. And the Coast Guard says it has found four more bodies that it searched for dozens of migrants lost off the coast of Florida for a total now of five bodies. The Dow down 40 points, the Nasdaq off 166. This is SRN News. My son is in the second grade at our local public school, and yet somehow he gets to attend a Bible class during his school day because of LifeWise Academy. We're seeing public school students from urban, rural, and suburban communities who have never heard the basic stories of how Jesus came to rescue us. Hey, Word FM listeners. I'm Joel Penton, founder of LifeWise Academy, and we bring Bible education to public school students during the school day. Believe it or not, in 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that students can actually be released from public school during school hours to receive religious instruction. However, almost no one knows it's possible. LifeWise Academy provides the structure and tools for local communities to put to work. This program is taking off nationwide and our kids' futures are being changed. Would you consider leading the charge to start a LifeWise in your neighborhood school? The first step is to voice your support at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and luxurious at the store, but then you get them home and they don't absorb. 
Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that about 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them, and they added softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel really good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton, and they come with a MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. A six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton regularly $109.99 now just $39.99 just go to mypillow.com click on the new radio listener specials get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the towels enter promo code word or call 800-391-0954 but right now mypillow.com promo code is word pit cycles is proud to be the new home of pittsburgh triumph this is john stoggerwald and to celebrate i'll be live on location february 3rd for the grand opening opening of the newly redesigned Pittsburgh Triumph showroom. Join me from 3 to 6 p.m. and check out the entire Triumph line, featuring over 30 bikes on the floor, including three models never before seen in this country. It's all happening February 3rd. I have a feeling it's going to be a Triumph. Pittsburgh Triumph in Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Details at pitcycles.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Tonight we'll see a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for icy spots. We'll reach a low of 23. Tomorrow, a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snowfall an inch or two. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 25. Bitterly cold Saturday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a high Saturday of 16. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the 5 o'clock hour, Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, still, sun is falling on this uh, Thursday afternoon, and it is frigid, but it's January after all, so I don't know. At least uh, we are where we are necessarily needing to be. Kathy? John and I are still in our self-imposed exile. I don't know if it's self-imposed, actually. It's company-imposed exile. Uh, We're in COVID protocol. As we said at the beginning of the 4 o'clock hour, it is the blue tent of the broadcast industry right now. We are are broadcasting from home. I woke up this morning with a sore throat, and I thought, oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. But But today, I feel fine. Feel fine. As the day goes on. But I did have a sore throat this morning as well. Mm -hmm. How much of that is psychosomatic? All of it. (laughs) Probably so. Think well, so. I mean, I mean, at least well, when you when, when you're with someone in the house who has COVID, mm, oh, I bet it's as they say a hot COVID environment. That's the technical term, John. Hot in case COVID. you're wondering, it's a hot COVID environment. Like hot tuna. Yeah. It's, do you think it's like that? Um, you start to imagine every possible mm. symptom that you've experienced in your life, or read about online, or heard of. Right. My foot hurts. Is that COVID? Oh no, my exactly. shoes are on too tight. Exactly. You know, I had heard um, 
that uh, one of the symptoms that people have with the vaccine in particular, but also with COVID is like sore neck and upper back. Mm-hmm. Well, about two, three minutes into Eric, uh, my husband testing positive, I was like, oh, my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so I better get a massage. Oh, God. Put that on my health care. Anyway, a big day in Western Pennsylvania and, of course, around the country because Ben Roethlisberger has declared his retirement today via video on his uh, Big Ben website. So let's hear just a bit of that. With the 11th pick in the 2004 NFL Draft, Pittsburgh Steelers select Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback, University of Miami. I don't know how to put into words what the game of football has meant to me and what a blessing it has been. While I know with confidence I have given my all to the game, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for all it has given me. The time has come to clean up my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can be to my wife and children. I retire from football, a truly grateful man. First and foremost, I need to thank the Lord for all the many blessings he has bestowed on me. To my wife, Ashley, our children, Benjamin, Bailey, and Bodie, to my parents and sister, to the Rooney family, the Tall family, Coach Tomlin, Coach Cower, and all of the coaches who have poured into me, the incredible people on every level that make the Pittsburgh Steelers a special organization. To all of my teammates and the endless friendships that I have gained, I appreciate you and our shared commitment to wearing the black and gold with pride and dignity. Putting that jersey on every Sunday with my brothers will always be one of the greatest joys of my life. To Steeler Nation, the best fans in all of sport, thank you for accepting and supporting me as your quarterback over the years. Football has been a gift, and I thank God for allowing me to play it, surrounding me with great people and protecting me through to the end. With love. Very nice. Well, thank you, Ben. You gave us many thrills over these 18 years, and uh, you're certainly going to be missed. There's no doubt about that. But uh, well done uh, for Ben's. I, I, does you think Ben's got like a social media team that produced that? Of course. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's he and Ashley in their basement right. working on video editing software. No, right. Yeah. Ma- imagine being not yet 40 years old and essentially the life's work is come to an end. How about that? We that could have a strong be, second act. First of all, that would be really fabulous because you wouldn't have to worry about money and it'd be really terrible because I bet emotionally that's a tough place to be. What do you mean? Well, I remember Jerry Seinfeld talking one time about how much he had wanted to be a major league pitcher when he was growing up and how that was just like at the fourth, he loved baseball. He loved the whole thing about just the psychology of being that guy. And, you know, how much of the game is dependent on his mindset and his stuff that day. And just how it's just such an interesting, like um, so many things coalesce in just the the presence and the performance of that one guy in that one game. He said, but once he got older, he realized that if he would have done that, of course he didn't have the ability, he said, but if he would have been able to do that, he would have used his best stuff by 31. And now he's 65 and he feels like he's still getting better. And he said, I would never trade my life for that life. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, not to say that you can't reinvent yourself and have a very strong second act. Right. You can. I'm just saying, I think it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Ben's got a life in Christ. I'll be really curious to see how he uses his influence and his fame and his money uh, to equip and engage and embolden the younger generation to come to Jesus. 
John and I will be talking with Ben and Ashley Roethlisberger because they will be the keynote speakers at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Leaders Prayer Breakfast coming up Friday, April 9th. Uh, John and I have hosted that event for a long, long time, and we're really happy to see that Ben and Ashley are going to be our uh, keynotes this year. And you can purchase your tickets online. You can buy tables. You can buy individual tickets. Um, but we sure hope we see a ton of people there. That's Friday, April 29th. You've got a lot of time to get your tickets, but I'm telling you, since Ben and Ashley are going to be the keynotes, I'd get my ticket fast. Yeah, this is the first time. I mean, for many, many years, the prayer breakfast has been at different venues, Heinz Field, the convention center, Station Square. Always you had to buy a table of 10. Now you just buy, you can buy single tickets, which is a big change forward here. So uh, I look forward to that. It should be a very, very fun, interesting, I love it. prayerful prayer breakfast. Yeah, I really love the prayer breakfast. You get to see all sorts of people from all different parts of the city of Pittsburgh every single time. I think, well, I didn't know that that person oh did that. I didn't mm-hmm. realize I never met them. Uh, Antoine Randall if we're speaking of sports, was the uh, speaker a couple years ago. John, didn't he do a great job? Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Uh, was he the last speaker because it's been canceled? I think that was the last time before COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just the the other athlete that I thought of up to that point. We've had so many great speakers. We have Kim mm-hmm. Tillotson. We had Bruce Bickle, uh, John Henney. I mean, just over the years, just so one great speaker after another. Yep. So Friday, April 9th is uh, resuming now in person, uh, not the uh, Zoom aspect that we've been used to the last couple of years. Okay, we'll take a quick break and reset for our first guest during the five o'clock hour from Anchorage, Alaska, a Valentine to the homeless. We'll talk with uh, Anna Broadway about that in just a few minutes here in the right home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on 101.5, Word FM, W-O-R-D. 101.5 WORD. Do you ever feel bored with your life? Expand my world, Lord. If it's a little space, I'm satisfied there, but could you possibly broaden it? I've been in little all my life. I surround my life with little. Expand this territory of my world. Hear Chuck Swindoll describe what it means to expand your territory when you listen this week to Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind, then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Join me in my Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now is your time to find love, what are the lies that are holding you back, why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Listen, if you deeply desire to be married, but you're still single, you should be doing something about it. Sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The only thing you have to lose is the pain of being alone on your journey. So join me at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. There is hope, but how will they know unless we tell them? Every day, Cornerstone TV bridges that gap, connecting viewers with Jesus and answers for life. Join us for an important moment to launch, build, and fund our 2022 outreach with Jerry Grillo, Keenan Bridges, Bill Themilaris, Mike Smalley, Jay Gilbert, and more. Watch Bridge of Hope January 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. Thinking about life insurance? 
What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Last week, last few days of January, which means, of course, um, Valentine's Day is not that far away. February 14th, always a lot of conversation about love around Valentine's Day. And uh, if you're a single Wait, are you person, calling? Are you calling it Valentine's Day? Valentine, Valentine's Day, I guess. Is mm, it I don't know. I, just, I call it Valentine's, but I don't know if maybe I'm, I've been saying it incorrectly. Oh, I, I don't know. I just you would call it Valentine. Is it Valentine's? Is that, is that because you're only looking for one Valentine? Yeah, I've got my Valentine. You'd be thrown off if you I had more than one. S's mm. anymore, right? Okay. The Valentines mm-hmm. littered. Your your life is littered with old Valentines. Listen, Christy's hoping for multiples, so let's uh, let's plural it up for her. Multiples. All right. Well, Anna Broadway. She's a free factors. agent. Come on. Anna Broadway is a, a guest on our show here the last couple of weeks. She is the author of Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity. Last time Anna was with us, she talked to us about a whirlwind uh, tour she took around the world talking to Christian singles. Today, from Anchorage, Alaska, she's going to talk to us about a Valentine to the homeless. Anna, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Anna, um, so Valentine's Day, um, I remember before I was married, uh, was a day that was of zero interest to me. It was kind of one of those things <laughs> I wished would just we could fast forward to it, then I could blink and it would be over, and then I could just move on. Yeah, there can be a lot of pressure, I think, or just a lot of sense of how your life compares to others, and and usually yeah. doesn't seem to measure up if you're single. Yeah, so that comparison, I mean, comparison is the evil of, you know, all satisfaction in life, right? We know that, but it's so easy yeah. to do, and we all do it in different areas. Um, so talk about your perspective, a single woman, um, Valentine's Day is coming. Is this something that's been personally hard for you, or how have you approached it? It certainly has been in previous years. I was thinking back on things I've done in the past. There was one year I invited a bunch of single friends to my house for what I called a ditch your baggage party. And so the idea was kind of trying to get rid of, you know, maybe like things associated with old disappointments or whatever. Um, And then there were a few years, there was one year I organized a prayer event called pray for the John's day that was focused on, um, praying for people who pay for sex and their woundedness and brokenness. I guess God has regularly kind of brought me to this day in terms of thinking, how is this an opportunity to love others and to think about the needs of other people for love? Very good. Which brings us to, 
So, Anna, this this year you're doing something a little different in Anchorage, Alaska. Tell us about this. Yeah, so it just it was kind of unexpected. I hadn't even been thinking very much about Valentine's Day, but I was on a call with some other people in my community who are looking at what we can do to help those without housing in our community. And somehow the idea just came like, what if we did Valentine's Day for all of the people at this mass shelter that they have right now. So early in the pandemic, Anchorage had moved all of the people without housing into a mass shelter fashioned in a hockey arena. And so I think they have around 540 people currently who are either sleeping there or coming by for showers. Uh, And so there's been a great response to the idea of trying to do Valentine's cards for them, apparently one of the other smaller shelters in town has done something like that in the past as well. Hmm. That's really, it's a very good thing you're doing here. And now I'm surprised, you know, uh, I don't know anybody else who lives in Anchorage, Alaska, with the exception of you. And so I had no idea <laughs> that the homeless population was so large. I would think, you know, in Anchorage, Alaska, it'd be a, a smaller homeless population only because of the brutal conditions. Well, I definitely developed relationships and became closer to people living on the streets when I was in New York City, too. And that's Mm. another cold place with a lot of people who are unhoused. So weather is definitely not a factor. Um, I don't know what percentage of our people in the mass care shelter are of Alaska Native heritage, but... Mm. Certainly there are some people in our community who are indigenous and continuing to suffer the effects of having their ancestors dislocated and their families torn apart under the boarding schools. Um, So, you know, there are people for whom this has been their land for a very long time, but they've encountered a lot of trauma that has made it hard for them. And other people, you know, maybe veterans, I've met veterans, so it's not easy to get away from Alaska, actually. That's the thing I learned getting here. <laughs> so, you know, even if it is a cold place and you're in a hard spot, it's not super easy or cheap to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's Anna Broadway, author of Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity, um, currently working on a book based on her singleness research, which we talked to her about last week. Um, Anna, I want to ask you about your own like internal dialogue. Um, there's one of the mysteries of the universe is that it's set up such that when we care for other people, um, we ourselves change and our perspectives change, our outlook changes, often our thoughts change. And so we started out the conversation, you saying that, you know, Valentine's Day was you know, anything from, you know, kind of depressing to annoying uh, as a single person. Um, So doing this type of thing for Valentine's Day, um, which can really make such a positive impact on so many people, how did it change you? I think it's very similar to what I found in my research, is that it gives you a sense of purpose and something that you're focused on doing that you know is worthwhile. So often as a single person, you have a sense that your life does not have a narrative arc, that you're somehow stuck at the start of this track meet trying to get your engine going while other people are lapping you multiple times. Mm. 
But as Christians, we're called to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And that's supposed to be what gives our life its narrative arc and purpose, not whether we find a partner or not. And so I think when we respond to God's call to show love to others, however imperfectly we can, I think that reminds us that we're supposed to be seeking his kingdom. That's where our meaning and purpose comes from. And I think that's why it can change your perspective even during a hard time like the holidays or Valentine's Day. So can you describe what takes place, Anna, when you go into the shelters and you engage with the homeless population in Anchorage? What does that look like for you? How does it unfold? Well, yeah, so it's actually a little bit um, challenging here because under our current mayor, we've had a lot of changes in leadership at the homeless shelter. I'm not sure why that is. So what we're focused on doing right now is some other people at my church set up this really nice table, and it has all the supplies that people can just create a valentine in maybe a couple of minutes, you know, draw a heart, write a verse expressing the worth and belovedness of the recipient to God or something like that. Um, so, So, you know, we're hoping that people find time that it's very easy for them to make this card. And then if we have enough churches interested, we might also try to collect a pair of socks for everybody because homeless people or people without housing often don't have access to laundry. So they very frequently need to replace things because they have to throw them away when they're dirty. That's a very common challenge. Um, and then if we get approval from the shelter, we would possibly try to you know, get them some kind of candy or something like that. So probably we'll do a delivery shortly before Valentine's Day, and then we'll coordinate with the shelter. I don't know if they'll necessarily want us to be involved in the distribution, but at least we can provide these handwritten notes. And I heard that when um, one of the other shelters did something similar in the past, what they found was that the people who chose a Valentine then found like a friend in the shelter and gave it to them so that it gave them an opportunity to be able to give a Valentine to someone else and exchange them. And it was really beautiful to hear how that kind of acknowledged their dignity in that way. Hmm. Anna Broadway is with us. She's the author of Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity. Um, And I'm going to change the the story on you for a minute and go back to what we talked about last week, which is your upcoming (laughs) book and your travels. Um, because I just think it's so awesome. Um, I am curious to know um, if you met people who were on, who were, you know, obviously you were meeting people who were single. I'm wondering if you met people um, that you still keep in touch with. Was it the kind of thing where you were satisfied to just meet somebody and talk for four hours and include them in your book? Or did it really, you know, give you some significant relationships? It did. There's actually a pastor in Tanzania that I've been in more frequent contact with than anybody else. He was incredibly helpful to me. I think he supports his family on something like $150 a week, I mean, a month or less. Um, And so, you know, multiple times he has come to me with different financial needs because in most African countries, parents have to pay school fees for their kids to get an education. And so that creates a lot of instability in education for poorer families because if a family is like doing subsistence farming and there's some kind of crop failure, then they'll pull the kids out of school because they can't afford that when it's a choice between eating or getting an education. Um, 
And then another friend of mine was able to help provide some money to help Williams Church build their church building out a little bit more because when I visited him, it was just kind of a metal roof and some very crude open siding. But with my friend's contributions, they were able to put in more like cinder block walls, I think. Um, But, you know, I had an incredible phone conversation with William in late October. It's not just a case of me giving him material help. There was this time in late October, I was just so discouraged. And he ended up telling me about how God had met him in an incredibly hard time. His daughter had drowned. He was really going through a lot of difficulty and thinking about leaving the ministry. And I was just so moved by how God met and encouraged me through that conversation. So I have been really blessed by how some of these friendships and relationships have continued. But, you know, it looks different depending on the person. Well, Anna, thanks. I mean, you give us a very interesting perspective. Many things I just don't consider. So your presence here in the air and your ministry is valuable to us. So we appreciate you stopping by here. Oh, well, thank you. It's always a joy to, to join you and talk for a bit. Pleasure is ours. Anna Broadway, author of Sexless in the City, a memoir of reluctant chastity. She's also working on a new book as well with Singleness Research. You can find more information about Anna Broadway, of course, easily online. We'll take a break. Uh, It's our daily feature of Does This Make Sense? It's straight ahead. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on 101.5 Word FM. the market for metal roofing, siding, and garage doors, Kaufman Metals in Bedford can meet your expectations with friendly professional service. Their equipment is right up to date with the newest technology and ready to produce your standard and customized metal panels and trims to your exact specifications for any project with the fastest turnaround in the industry. Plus, Kaufman Metals offers complete do-it-yourself building packages included with computer-generated drawings. Kaufman Metals also provides sales and service for CHI residential and commercial garage doors. They deliver any order, large or small, to any place with full-service rollback trucks and trailers with a Moffitt forklift to set building packages conveniently close to your project. And just so you know, they offer contractors discounts as well. Visit KaufmanMetals.com or call 814-623-6044 or stop in at 6146 Lincoln Highway, Bedford, PA. There is hope, but how will they know unless we tell them? Every day, Cornerstone TV bridges that gap, connecting viewers with Jesus and answers for life. Join us for an important moment to launch, build, and fund our 2022 outreach with Jerry Grillo, Keenan Bridges, Bill Themilaris, Mike Smalley, Jay Gilbert, and more. Watch Bridge of Hope January 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman, and a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -hmm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. 
Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. It was very hard for me, but Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. At age 47, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Tonight we'll see a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Watch for icy spots. We'll reach a low of 23. Tomorrow, a little snow at times, accumulating a coating to an inch. Storm total snowfall an inch or two. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 25. Bitterly cold Saturday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Limited outdoor activity is recommended. We'll see a high Saturday of 16. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Wallpaper. Wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Wallpaper. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, it's from another era. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my grandmother. You know, they used to wallpaper their their house. Sure. Living room, dining room. Uh, in the age of painting. Seems, it just seems silly to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want a wallpaper? I mean, I sure do. What? I you love wallpaper. Your house is it vinyl wallpaper it. or is it regular wallpaper? Is it vinyl wallpaper? Well, you, well, you think I'm going to be? You think I'm going to be throwing like scrambled eggs on the wall? I don't know. I mean, you know that was. No, it's so not that way you don't have paper. to clean the wall. I don't know. Wallpaper. No, it's not. Like, you think I, I want it scrubbable? I can't believe the wallpaper is still a thing. It's still wallpaper is very much a thing. Is it like shishi now? Uh huh. Oh, there you go. Uh huh. So wait, so you're gonna get your home remodeled and you're gonna put wallpaper up? Oh, I'm for sure putting wallpaper up. For sure, like it's a given. Like, like, oh yeah, no no question about it. Why does it make sense? Because wallpaper just gives you a whole different feel. Much, it's just it's a warmer feel than anything else you could do to your room. Warmer feel. Come on, get out of here. It is warmer in what way? How? I just the just, design somehow makes you yeah. feel better about yourself. No, it doesn't make you feel better about yourself. It just gives you a warmer feel. It's like if you're in a you know operating room with everything stainless steel. It's not a very warm environment, right? Okay. So, so you got thinking, wallpaper picked out. Uh, I do have wallpaper picked out. Really? But It'll since you don't one. like it, I'm not going to invite you over. What? <laughs> no, I'm coming over to see. <laughs> Christy's that. coming. Christy's once, coming because she likes the wallpaper, but I don't know. I mean, once the whole no, thing's I'm done, kidding, I got to stop over. Of course, you're welcome. As long as you bring those chocolate-covered peanuts you have, oh, they'll be long. you can come live here for all I care. Very nice. All right, wallpaper makes sense to you, not to me. Does this make sense? Mm. The weighted blanket. What now, is hold the on. Deal? Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. My wife talked me into the weighted blanket. <gasps> no way! Yeah, okay. Now, as you know, my wife is out visiting family in South Dakota. This morning... I could barely get out of bed. I'm laying there thinking, 
I'm going to be a skeleton with a weighted blanket on me because this thing is so heavy. Why would I? Why would I choose that? It's so heavy. It's like a block of. You know, so is it? So it's not a good thing. It's not comforting, or it's not comforting to me. Especially, I'm thinking I'm stuck. They're going to find me dead. Someone's going to do like a courtesy call, and they'll, my body will be in there, just my little head. So it's not like a hug. Not to me, a hug. No, it felt like you know, I was in a headlock. No, no weighted blanket. Doesn't make so, any sense to me. I'm never going to use right. it again. Especially well, I don't alone. know. I mean, I thought it, I thought it made sense until I heard this testimony. Now I don't Mm-mm. think it does. Wallpapers don't make sense to me. Neither do water weighted blankets. Sorry. One hundred one point five W O R D. Doctor Charles Stanley. God knows I'm weak. He knows we're weak. He knows we're frail. And he knows that you and I will never learn enough. He didn't make us to be sufficient within ourselves. He made us to be sufficient within himself. Hear the series, The Source of My Strength, this week on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. You know what you could do? You could add on to your house an extra room and fill it with white fluffy sand that feels like the beach. Pump in seagull sounds, paint waves on the walls, and cute little sand crabs. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And maybe never in the history of time have we had a moment where home values have skyrocketed this much while interest rates have dropped this much. And what that has brought into play for now, for so many Word FM listeners, is the cash out refinance loan. Some listeners are using that newfound equity or money to pay off debt or to do some very cool home upgrades at a time where our homes might continue to be more and more important. But hey, a beach room could be very cool. If you're curious about your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, all with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsaroundspittsburgh.com. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. All right, so uh, you're in the mood for some music. You go to your phone, which probably is the you know most preferred place to 
find your music and you're logging into Spotify or whatever music service you're choosing to use, you make your selection. That selection is what, Calf? Is that new music or is it something nostalgic from your either recent or distant past? I would say most of the time I tend to go for genre. Genre. More the than feel. I would more than I would go for era. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that sounds like um, 1970s R&B or black gospel, that's mm-hmm. what I always go for. So okay. if it sounds like Earth, Wind, and Fire, I'm all about it. So I really like um, Bruno Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I really like the Silk Sonic thing um, because it sounds like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like a... You know, and if it's a black gospel thing, whatever it is, I'll listen to it. Okay. Like the Anderson Pack uh, partnership with Bruno Mars is so obviously what they're doing is recreating what you know the Soul Train looked like in the seventies, <laughs> and it sounds great and it looks terrific. I mean, I yep. love everything about it. So in that respect, I would watch something new. I watched several YouTube videos of them over and over last night. But if I would pick first, I'd go for something old. Okay, the real thing. Well. I saw an article uh, in the Atlantic and essentially they say this, that old songs now represent 70% of the United States music market. And uh, those who make a living from new music, especially that endangered species known as the working musician should look at the figures with fear and trembling because people are not buying music like they were whenever we were buying music New music is getting by with single-digit um, points as far as what's out there. People are buying old music to the tune of 7 or 8 to 1 by comparison. John, you and I both read the same article um, from uh, The Atlantic, and I wish I could tell you the name of the uh, writer, but I have, for some reason, I can't pull that up on my computer right now. I'll try to find it. Ted Gioa. Thank you. Ted's a music writer, and he's lamenting the fact that new music and new musicians are getting so little attention from people in the music industry and from listeners as well. And he thinks that that's a real shame. Um, And I think it's probably a shame, too. I'm married to a a working musician. But I have to say that I don't know if I can go along with the thesis that he comes up with, John, because he says it's just that people in the music industry are resistant to change. I don't know if that's it. I wonder if the music that's being recorded right now in pop music just isn't as good. Well, I'm, I would say that myself because whenever I do what you do, when I go looking for a genre and you know, whether you go to Spotify or whatnot, you know, and I'll listen to new music. I mean, I have no connection to it. I just don't. I really hate, I really, most new music I really dislike. So then when I listen to it, it makes me feel bad about myself because I go, Oh, that's just you being an old fogey bring back the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I just kind of fall into a hole, right? Where if I was like Christie's age, if I was 28, you're, you know, of course the younger you are, the more you want to listen to newer trends. So Christy, are you listening to new music or are you yourself stuck in a little time warp as well? No, I listen to new music. When I get in my car, mm-hmm. I put on today's hits on Spotify. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any connection to older music? Some like, like Frank Sinatra, like the Rat Pack yeah. type. I like some of that. 
Okay. But not like, not anything like super classical or. Or, or nothing. Or what about like something Old from pop. the 90s? Oh, yeah. Like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, what, yeah. or what about like Green Day or. Yeah, but the, uh, isn't Green Day still like semi putting out new music? Yeah, they are. So but not nothing like they were doing no, in the 90s. But, How about the police? No, not really the police. Oh, so, mm. Bob Dylan. Nah, if it's like, if I'm like scanning through and I know the song, or you're desperate because <laughs> it's the worst voice ever <laughs> in the history of the world. <laughs> oh, come on now. Sorry, that's just not. Mm. Um, okay, so John, when you go to turn something on, you already yeah. said you're staying away from from new music. Yeah. You don't like what it sounds like. What are you going for? Um, I'm I'm more like you. I'm listening to funk or pop. But I also, I mean, I, I was, you know, recently, <laughs> I mean, I was in a long form Beatles jag. I mean, oh, right after you watch the documentary after I, you know, yeah, you know, and I tend to, I tend to go, you know, old style, um, but I also do alone. classical as well. Right. Right. But as far as new music, I don't have a clue. And I, and I, 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 I feel bad saying that. Because, you know, I feel once you've given up on new music, you sort of like, you know, lost, uh, you lost a big piece of yourself. Uh, that's just me, right? Well, but I sa- don't, I, I, there was a survey that we talked about on the air before COVID. So, you know, two and a half years ago, but it was interesting. It, 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 um, it took the music preferences of people that were between the ages of 20 and 50, and what was interesting about it is it was like 90% of that demographic. And think how big that demographic is, right? 90% of those people, when they listed their top 10 favorite songs, something like seven of them were from the 1970s or 80s. The best so even was. people who realize that that's not their music, that's right. not their contemporary, they're still, you know, build me up buttercup or they're still picking, you know, you can't hurry love by Phil Collins or, you right. know, whatever or a song by the Beatles because I don't know there's something about me that just thinks that 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 music I don't know maybe maybe I'm old and I I just don't like current music as much now I do keep up with current music because I think it's interesting and I love love to watch the Grammys I mean it's just one of my favorite nights of TV of the whole year and speaking of that I was looking at no one cares anymore the declining TV audience for that no production, cares. you've got to be kidding me. Listen to this. A decade ago, a decade, 10 years ago, 40 million people tuned in for the Grammy Awards. Yeah. Last year, eight. Mm-hmm. It went from 40 to eight. I mean, nobody cares about the Grammy Awards. Well, that's the double whammy of live television and you know the decline in music as well. So. Right? I it's guess it is. Worlds. I mean, that's, it was just it, my whole, I, I've just always loved it. And it's just surprising how nobody gives a care. Right. Uh, Christy, have you ever watched the Grammys? Does that mean anything to you? Um, I have watched the Grammys, but okay. I really don't care about any of the award shows anymore. I feel like yeah, they're all just super political. Yeah, right. I agree. I'm with you on that. Okay. So what about this? What about when you want to listen to um, like uh, one of my channels, I'll listen to hymns. Mm, okay. Okay. So Hymns versus CCM. Are you a fan of CCM? Okay. Are you asking? Oh, okay. Some, Who are you asking? Yeah, I, I'm some of some. 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 Christy, are you a fan of CCM? I listen to that. I will listen to that all day. Yeah. All okay. day. All day. Uh-huh. Yeah. John? What about old hymns? Uh, not so much. Mm-hmm. 
I don't listen to old hymns. I mean, I love to sing them, but it's not but something that I put. No, it's not something that's part of my listening. What about you, John? Do you like CCM? Um, I, uh, okay, this is this is a double whim. I like old CCM. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I listen to new CCM, and I go, eh, just okay. But old CCM, yeah. I mean, like Keith Green forward yeah. up until like you know Switchfoot uh, two thousand five or Third Day two thousand three. Then for some reason, I kind of fall yeah. off a cliff. I don't yeah, know why yeah, that yeah. is. Well, you know what? It's funny you say that because I hadn't really assessed my my music listening preferences, but I'm kind of the same way. But, you know, CCM's changed. Now, you know, contemporary worship music has taken over a lot of that listening space. Yeah. So, you know, your Hillsong, your Elevation. Your, Which I like. You know, I like do you like that? Well, since I since that's, you know, what I do as a job. Oh, right. uh, that's not something that it's not, that's not, you know, recreational listening for me. Yeah. So Christy, are you listening to that? You listening to Hillsong? Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to make sense of our view or listening habits. That's all. Yeah. So if we're talking about um, artists that are listened to regularly by a vast cross-section of people, according to the Atlantic magazine, you want to hear what they are? Yeah. Bob Dylan, except not Christy. Whitney Houston, The Beach Boys, Dolly Parton, Neil Young, what? Shakira, Bad Company, David Coverdale, Bruce Springsteen, David Crosby, Stevie Nicks, what? David Bowie, Barry Manilow, which is listed right before ZZ Top, Lindsey Buckingham, mm. America. I mean, think these are old. These bands were old when I was little, They're right? 50 years old. Paul Simon, Tina Turner, Ray Charles, John Legend, James Brown, Taylor Swift, Motley Crue, and Mick Fleetwood. That's the list. The list of what most listened to yeah. artists. Yeah. Huh. So I, it's, I can, in, it's interesting. The only, the only newish uh, people that are on the list are Whitney. Taylor Swift, John Legend, Lindsey Buckingham. Taylor Swift. I don't, I don't know who David Coverdale is. Who is that? I don't know. No. I don't, I don't know who that None is. of us know who David Coverdale is. When I listen to Sorry, Taylor David. Swift, Shakira is new. Taylor Swift, I always feel bad about myself when I listen to Taylor Swift. Like she's always complaining about a breakup or something. <laughs> oh, I'm you feel like, like you have to apologize for all the men. Yeah, in the world. kind of. I do. Like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Guys are jerks. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's really the sort of like she's one notice to me. Yeah. I don't. Know. Okay. I mean, I like Taylor. She's like got an endless supply of energy. I think a lot of her music tends to sound the same, but her her great songs I think are really. Oh, they're great. great. How about Adele? Do you listen to Adele? Adele is too slow for me, man. That is slow. really that's a, slow. That's a big voice, though. Oh, it's wonderful. She's an, she's such a talent. Yeah. And I really, if you play, if you say, sit down and listen to When We Were Young, I would sit down and I would totally love that song. But if I'm picking music I'm listening to, it's not that. Hmm. Are you listening to, okay, um, Road Trip is your first preference um, jazz or hip hop? Phil Collins. Yep. Phil Collins for a road trip. Out of the gate. Out of the gate. You got to get yourself going. You got to be excited about the trip. You got to kind of get your blood pressure going. Here's Phil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't hurry love. Boom, 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 boom. Easy right. lover, maybe earlier oh, yeah. than the first 15 minutes. Wait, no, I saw a picture of Phil. Was, uh, Phil touring. He kind of looks uh, like <laughs> he looks really old and he's sitting in a chair. Right. Yeah. He's, he's had a lot of health problems. I think that's the end of your career. When you're touring in a chair, don't you think it's time to just pack it in? 
I mean, seriously, because who's going to show up for you toe tapping? No one. <laughs> the guy tapped his toe like nobody's business. Well, Holy you don't smokes. know that that's you don't know that that's what's going to happen if you go to a concert just because that was a photograph done. He's sitting in a chair. Well, what a, do you want him to be doing? Not every photograph of every performer. He was one of the like. Active. It was a world class drummer. I well, mean, I know he can't play anymore. I mean, his son is his drummer now. I don't know. I just think seriously, if you're promoting yourself touring in a chair, you should just stay home. <laughs> John. No, I'm not being mean how about, here. How about, do you like his daughter? I don't know his daughter. Yeah, his daughter, Lily. You know, Emily in Paris. Oh, uh, I don't like that show. Okay, I don't either. I'm sorry. <laughs> Christy, you like that? Here. I've never seen the show. Oh, yeah, I haven't oh, seen okay. Emily in Paris. I mean, no, I, think I don't she, care about I like show. her. I mean, I've seen her in a couple of movies that I like. That I think that show is very dumb. Well, it's Paris, so it's beautiful to look at. So how bad can that be? But you know, it sure is. I don't know. I mean, how about all the artists? You know, all these people selling their, you know, their music uh, libraries, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They're handing them over to other people. So, like the, I mean, the last one I remember was Bruce Springsteen that did it. Everybody sold. Oh, they they sold David. Dylan just sold his recently, right? Yeah. I don't know. Will people be people be listening to Stevie Nicks 50 years from now? I guess. I mean, that's certainly what the data seems to bear out. But here's the weird thing. Whenever I mean, everybody, I, don't you think everybody's going to love Walking on Sunshine forever? I guess, yeah. But I mean, I wasn't listening. Whenever I was a kid, I wasn't listening to my parents. You know, I wasn't listening to Benny Goodman. No, I wasn't either. And thinking I mean, that I was did, cool. I did when I was at home. Well, because, because that's what your parents and I like my parents were listening to. But it wasn't until I was in college that I started to actively choose that music. But it certainly was never an exclusion to what was on the radio. You know, what was right. current. I don't know. It's okay. Just, well, I'm going to ask you one question before we break okay. fast. What, when you think of high school, I want you to name one band or performer that comes to mind. <laughs> okay. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, Duran Duran. That oh, was more really? like junior high, but that was that was very uh, very important uh, and sad influence, really. Yeah, well, I'm going to age myself here, but I don't even care. Uh, high school, I'm thinking of Jethro Tull. Oh, and I mean, I, I think uh, Homecoming one year was thick as a brick. Okay, right. I believe so. Which right. is a lot of emotion, you know. Who doesn't want to dance to the thick as a brick? Christy, Taylor Swift is my like high school. Taylor- High school. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. I like it. All right. Okay. So so Taylor Swift, Jethro Tull, and mm-hmm. <laughs> we run like the gamut it. here on the ride home. Uh, All right. We'll take a quick break. Come break. back. Uh, it is Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Despite that last segment, um, oh, there was some tomfoolery there, but we'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Angels Light Addiction Specialists is a beacon of hope for those struggling with substance use disorder. At Angels Light, recovery begins with the unique dignity and worth of every resident. Their small boutique treatment center approach allows a diverse and experienced staff to focus on putting people first and provide the high quality of structured, comprehensive care necessary to support big life changes. Angels Light Addiction Specialists. For immediate help, click call now on Facebook or visit inpatientaddiction.com. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. 
It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Get smarter every day at Ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try OZY.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. A new study was released, which comes to the conclusion that morning exercise has very different effects on metabolism than the same workout, the identical workout later in the day. Really? Now, I'm reading from businesstimes.com. They're talking about a study which involved healthy lab mice jogging on tiny treadmills. <laughs> How about that? It has a lot of uh, details in it, but the, the bottom line that they, uh, the, the conclusion they come to with the mice is that if you exercise in the morning, this is this is what has been true for mice, and they have not done enough studies to figure out if it's going to be true for humans as well, but they suspect it is, that if you exercise in the morning, you burn more fat. If you exercise in the afternoon, you burn more sugar. Mm-hmm. So if you're a diabetic, like for example, they're saying it's more beneficial for you to exercise later in the day. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who's trying actively to lose weight, it would be better for you to exercise in the morning. So it's interesting. It's the first study of its kind, I think, at least the first one I'm aware of, that says that the time of day, like doing the same workout actually impacts you differently depending on when you do it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Are you an, uh, a morning, afternoon, or evening no, exercise? Uh, it has to be morning. But it yeah. can't be first thing because no. I, ca- I can't even think straight. No. So do you have a little breakfast, then workout? I don't do breakfast. I don't, I'm never hungry in the morning. Nothing. Yeah. No. You so exercise. I just do, I just do a big glass of water, kind of get yeah, my act it. together, wake up a little bit and do my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, it's easier to exercise, I believe, for myself in the morning as opposed to, I mean, by the time like this time. Six I'm too tired, later, man. 
the last thing I'm doing. Chris, I'm a- Chris, Christy's all about the evening workout. Listen, I, we started this conversation a while ago, and I I changed the evening workouts. Yeah. I don't always work out anymore, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, now she's completely stopped exercising. No, no, but- no. no. Hmm. I still get some workouts in, but just not as much as I did in the morning. Well, so what they were saying in the article is, you know what, regardless of where it comes down, whether it's better for you to do it in the morning or afternoon, the thing you have to keep in mind is it's just better to do it. To exercise. Even if it's not ideal, like at least you're doing something and that's better than nothing. And I'm happy to bring that up because it's National Chocolate Cake Day. Oh. So I think that is free license for anyone listening to the Mm -hmm. program to treat yourself to some chocolate cake this evening and know that if you want to burn it off, you can do it in the morning or afternoon tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you could do like chocolate cake mix in a box and it's still pretty darn good, isn't it? You know what? It's not nearly as good, but I don't care because it's still delicious. I might run out to the store and buy a box. I'd say yes to it. Have a a nice hot chocolate cake later on this evening because I'm all alone. Yeah. (laughs) Give me that chocolate cake. Mm Mm-mm. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.